Here's what's interesting to me, that every time you conceive of a possibility, you're creating that possibility. You're creating it. So watch. Here's what's interesting about manifesting. So that if you deliberately start creating possibility and invest in that possibility, you're literally putting weight on it and bringing it down to this plane. Thoughts are things. Thoughts have a specific weight. You are weighting that reality into this one. And when you get everything else out of the way, when you get the beliefs out of the way and the feelings out of the way and the story out of the way, and you weight that reality, create your intention, live that internal dialogue, you're gonna make things happen. You're absolutely gonna make them happen. Welcome to Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? I'm Emily Fletcher and I believe that bliss is your birthright. That's why I'm calling on my world-class network to uncover the most potent, spine-tingling, even taboo healing modalities, all so you can reclaim your bliss. Let's do this. Sweet friends, there is a question that I have been asking myself for about three years now. What if there is a more beautiful, a more aligned, a more true story of our existence than the one we've been taught? And the deeper I've dived into these questions, the more stunning answers I've found. Now, did you know that for centuries, there's been an active and sometimes violent campaign to make us forget our true power and divinity? But the good news is that there is a great remembrance happening right now. So if you are feeling curious, excited, or maybe even a little nervous about what may be unveiled, about who we are and why we're here, I'm gonna invite you to bravely go to zebameditation.com secret and get ready to turn up the dial on your own divinity. Sweet friends, welcome to today's episode of Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? Today is an extraordinarily special day because I get to interview someone that has changed my life so dramatically, so profoundly, and from such an early age that I can firmly, honestly say that I would not be the person that I am right now if it were not for this man, if it were not the work that he's done in the world. This man has shaped my psychology, my emotions, the way I believe in myself and my, my ability to navigate the darkest emotions so that I could turn them into fuel for what I wanted to manifest in the world. His name is Thomas Jones. He is the founder and creator of something called Paradox Process, which you're going to get to experience today on the show. It is a way of using your internal dialogue, of using even the negative emotions to transmute them and to create a world and a life that you really love. It will be called even a renegade practice in the medical field. He is an author. He is a psychotherapist. And he was my very first therapist when I was 24 years old. We've been working together on and off for over 20 years, and I am so excited to introduce him to you today. I'm so excited for you to witness his brilliance and the magnitude of his work. So Thomas Jones, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Wow. I am happy to be here. And you're going to make me cry. <laughs> Thank Good. God I'm not wearing makeup because <laughs> it would be running now. <laughs> I am wearing makeup and I say, fuck it. <laughs> uh, there we go. There uh, you know, go. better out than in. And, and yeah. I'm just thinking back and rewinding the clock to when I was 24 years old and I showed up in your office and my father had just passed away and I had a lot of mascara on and I was wearing a pretty pink dress and I sat down on your couch and you looked at me and you said, oh, you are a strong, angry woman. <laughs> like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't, I don't feel angry. I don't get angry. And I just was repressing that. Mm. And so really like you gifted me the the bravery and the tools to be able to make friends with these feelings. And so if I cry on camera in the first 30 seconds of a podcast, great, bring it. I feel like that gives me permission to be more myself and permission for the people listening. And so thank you. Absolutely. Mm. That's great. Yes. You were adorable. I immediately wanted to protect you mm. and laugh at you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> because I didn't know how angry I was? Right. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so today we're going to talk about why isn't everyone processing their emotions? So you've created this beautiful renegade psychology technique that I, I, liken, to, I liken it to um, speed therapy, or sometimes I'll call it applied meditation. Mm. Whereas I feel like one session with you is equal to 120 sessions with a regular therapist. And, and obviously I'm such a huge fan of meditation, but oftentimes while meditation changes your baseline level of consciousness, this process, paradox process, is like you can apply that meditation to one specific issue, one charge when it's coming up. And so I feel so excited for, you know, so many of the people listening will have done Ziva, well, they will be meditators, but 
they still have crises. They still have emotions. It's not like meditation makes that go away. And so I'm excited to know from you, like when in your life did you find something that was so good, so transformative or invent something that mm. was so good or transformative that you asked yourself, why isn't everyone doing this? Yeah. You know, my journey, I had a rough childhood. I won't go into it, but I was looking for love, right? Mm -hmm. I thought love was the answer. Mm. I thought love was the answer. And so I explored that and had my heart broken because it, it's not going to make you whole. Love right? won't. You, you've got to start being whole before you engage in love in any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. And so with a partner, we started searching for a process that would take that pain away. Like a business partner? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he had run a therapeutic community. I was running a therapeutic community. And we were working with kids, you know, at-risk youth and working with them and trying to bring them to a different place. And kids, frankly, don't care about their history or their past. They just want to know what's going on now. Mm. You know, I want to feel good now. Yeah. It's like when I asked my son, how was school today? And he's like, that's over. That's done. Let's <laughs> that's, talk about now. Yeah, really. That's, <laughs> that's the ancient past. history. So we started experimenting with different modalities, different ways of working, different um, different uh, methods to work on yourself. And none of them really brought you into the moment. And we were really looking for something transformational, something that would take the pain away and bring you to a different place. Ultimately, we stumbled on a meditation and a mantra meditation based on the mantra, accept the unacceptable. Okay, so I just want to pause there because so many people have learned mantras from me. So I just want to clarify like the way that I use the term mantra and the way that you're using the term mantra. So I would say mantra is a Sanskrit word. Man means mind and trut means vehicle. Mm. So it's a mind vehicle. And in this case, this is All a right, mind so let me vehicle. clarify yeah, uh -huh. yeah, what I mean by it okay. because I'm sure it's different. Mm -hmm. Because we weren't oriented toward meditation or anything like that. So mm -hmm. we were inventing as we go. Yeah. So really in this case, that accept the unacceptable is a delivery system. Okay. It's a delivery system that takes what you say consciously and brings it to the subconscious in a way that opens up the issues and allows them, allows you to see something different, allows you to have an experience of insight. And the delivery system was accept the unacceptable. Accept the unacceptable. <sighs> we used a lot of different mantras. They were all terrible. And so <laughs> we, we finally came across one that seemed obvious because Everything in life, all the difficulty in life is about resistance. And when you eliminate the resistance, everything works. You're aligned. Everything is aligned with you. So we thought, let's send that message to the subconscious, accept the unacceptable. And it felt dangerous. You know, when you think about accepting your pain, it seems as if you're asking for more pain. Mm. But the reality is you're just getting rid of the resistance to it in a way that it can finally release and resolve. Yeah, I think you said to me, it's like if you want to change something, you have to first accept it as it is. Exactly. And so as accepting it is, yeah. the unacceptable does not mean that you are inviting more of it. It means that it's actually step one before you can create any sort of transformation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you keep stumbling on a step because you're not accepting that that step is there, mm -hmm. then you've got to accept that that step is there in order to step over it. Mm -hmm. And so unexpected things happened when we started using this meditation. We didn't know what we were in for, frankly. What it did was it took the pain away and showed us insight and information about the issue. And that was fascinating. What it also did is it seemed to change the world around us. And that was too much. Right? <laughs> that was Isn't like, it funny how you change the projector and the projection changes? <laughs> yeah. But it was so dramatic that we suddenly realized, you know, we were a little drunk on the power of it, right? I can change anything. I can mm. make anything happen. And so we started working with it. And, you know, it, originally it was about getting rid of the pain. Ultimately, it became creating the reality that you want to create. Mm. Because getting rid of your upset is the first step toward realizing yourself, actualizing yourself, becoming who you really are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I think, why isn't everybody doing this? My thought is, why isn't everybody exploring this inner, inner space, discovering who they authentically are? and going after their dreams and making these things happen. Mm. And so when you first started working with people, like I'd love to know some stories of like 
the things you're most proud of, like when you're on your deathbed and you're playing the slideshow of transformation. I mean, you've worked with, I'm sure, thousands and thousands of people, Oscar award winners, Emmy award winners, Tony award winners. And so it doesn't have to be because they were fancy or because they were doing fancy things. But I'd love to have a window into some of the most profound shifts that you've seen in people's hearts and in their lives from doing this work. Mm, Wow. You know, there are so many. Um, I can remember a woman was late for her session. We had five minutes left, right? She showed up 55 minutes in? Yeah, she was 55 minutes late. Talk about resistance, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, she was ready for the work. And I thought, I'm going to change your life in five minutes. I love that arrogance. Right? I love it. Yeah. And I meant it, you know, I'm I'm going in. Um, And it was some pretty deep issues. It was about her perception of herself and her inability to get where she wanted to go in her career. In five minutes, we turned her view around so that she was fully empowered and knew beyond a doubt that she could do it. And she went out and did it. And so I was like, that's right. (laughs) That's that's cool. Yeah. But I've dealt with people in every imaginable situation. You know, I think one of the profound things that people go through is loss, right? Whether it's actual loss where people move to another plane or loss of love, loss of relationship, loss of career. And that's an area that this works so well on. Because when you get present, you start to see things in a different way. You know, and a, a philosophy emerged from this process. And I don't ask anyone to believe this philosophy, but I've seen it emerge that everything is for a purpose, including every upset that you're in. And if you understood that your upsets are gold and that if you can find the key, if you can come to the insight and the understanding, it's going to project you forward like rocket fuel, Mm -hmm. then I think people wouldn't be so entrenched in their sense of loss. Yeah. So this to me is like the key of keys, because I feel like we're all just running around trying to not feel our feelings, doing the programming that we inherited of like, don't cry, have a bottle, don't cry, have an iPad. And then if we feel angry or sad or grief or jealousy, then we just, especially now in this age of spiritual bypassing, then we just look to the light. And mm. and what I've found, especially as I've been exploring more of the sacred sexuality and pleasure work, it's like you can't even touch ecstasy until you are willing to like clean out the shit. Like until you mm. are willing to go really and clean the channel, then, then you're not available for all of the bliss and oxytocin and love that is possible in the human body. And so like, I'd love to hear your view on, on almost alchemizing this pain, grief, rage, whatever it is, into the gold that you're saying. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take myself as, as an example. The first issue that I saw dramatically shift for me I, I lived a life where I thought my father hated me, mm. mostly because he abused me and humiliated me every day. But Why, why you know, would you think that? I, where would the evidence <laughs> Crazy. be? Crazy. And yet, <laughs> and so, so I was convinced that I was unloved. And I started doing this process. I started doing this accept the unacceptable because we challenge this process. If it doesn't work, we're throwing it away. And that's the stage we were at. Like, I'm not going through this if it doesn't work. And I saw in that meditation that he absolutely loved me, Mm. he absolutely cared about me, and he had no facility, no ability to deliver that love and that care. Mm. And it was astonishing because it wasn't an idea. It was a knowing. And that transformed me. Mm. And it transformed me to the point where, first of all, I felt loved and accepted, maybe for the first time in my life. And then lovable. And then lovable, and then capable of giving that love in return. Yeah. So for me, that was transformational. And I think it's the model that I use in terms of dramatic transformation. When someone sits across from me, my goal is to dramatically transform them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in actor's vernacular, my intention is to astonish you, right? Oh, yeah. In that session or in what happens in your life? No, no, no. In that session. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I want to put tools in your hands. I want to put possibilities in your head. I want to put dreams back in your life and give you that hope and possibility that you've misplaced. So if you've been listening to this podcast 
for some time now, you likely get it that I am into healing. I am into wellness. I will try almost anything once. And a lot of things I'll try a lot of times. I've done everything from five days in darkness by myself to ayahuasca, to psychedelic assisted therapy, to breath work, to you name it. I've likely tried it. And I can honestly say that I have never witnessed healing like I experienced last week on our retreat. So this is the first time that we were using the sacred secret formula in a retreat setting, and it was effing wild. The amount of transformation, the intergenerational trauma, the dreams that got manifested before we even left the retreat, the fun, the ease, the lightness with which this healing happened was like unlike anything I've ever seen. So if you would like to experience just how profoundly transformative this formula is for yourself, I invite you to go to zivameditation.com slash secret. There you're gonna learn more about this movement and this formula. You're gonna learn how you can experience it from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to zivameditation.com slash secret and I will send you everything you need to know. I love you and I'm so excited to share these tools with you. So I'm really excited. I just wanna give people a little Easter egg to stay tuned for is that you're actually going to do some paradox process clearing with me. And what something that came up last night is realizing that because of my relationship with my dad, like what I believe I do or don't deserve or what is or isn't possible in my romantic relationships now. And I wanna go into it because it, one, it's up for me, but two, I think that so many people can relate in their mm. own way. So it feels quite universally relevant. So we won't go there just yet, but I'm excited. I just want people to know that it's coming, that we get to witness you and your genius and witness me opening up my heart um, to great. my very first therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I'm curious to know, it's been a big few years for the species emotionally, right? Like we've gone through uh, like facing our own mortality as a species, isolation, uh, polarization, othering, the collapse of many systems that made us enjoy our illusion of safety very, very much. And so I imagine you've had a front row seat to just how freaked out and panicked and isolated and lonely people have been, especially in New York City. And so one, I'd love for you to just give us a window into how you think that has changed us as a species now. Uh, like what, what has been the shift that you've seen? And I know that every individual is, is unique and there is also a universal fa fabric. And then I want to hear where you think we're going emotionally mm. as a species. Well, you know, that pandemic, which created that huge isolation, I think it was so interesting because, like you said, all of our external distractions were stripped away mm -hmm. and we were left with ourselves, which, you know, on a spiritual level, I thought, this is good. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, why don't you take a look at that? Yeah. <laughs> Stop distracting. Uh, something's happening here that's worth looking at, mm -hmm. right? So I thought in terms of our evolution, that was a powerful moment. That was a powerful thing to happen. And I think what people did is many people embraced that and turned inward and started to seriously look and make changes in themselves. Mm -hmm. Other people sought distraction. And I think it's always going to be so that those that are ready are going to step up and those that aren't are going to step away. Yeah. But it was extraordinary because I think it didn't create anything. It revealed something. And it revealed that incredible sense of isolation that people have. Mm. You know, we you're right. We run around trying to distract ourselves in a hundred different ways. And, you know, life comes up with a hundred different pleasures to distract us. And without that distraction, you're facing yourself. And I think that is the most valuable thing to do. You know, the, to face yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The measure of a person's power is their ability to see truth in themselves. And when you can look at you and take an honest assessment, and some of it's, you know, pretty, pretty scary stuff to look at, you're going to gain power, you're going to gain insight, and you're going to gain perspective. And so I think it was really the opportunity for us to evolve to a whole new level. Why do you think that some people choose healing and others 
don't. Because speaking to that, like my perception of, of like post-COVID is it's just like the richer getting richer and poorer getting poorer. There's been yeah. this sort of K-shaped recovery. And I think that's also happening spiritually. Yeah. That people who've had access to therapy and trauma work and medicine work are like popping off into God consciousness and like like really having these massive awakenings very quickly. And then conversely, people who have not had the privilege of having access to these tools are plummeting into suicidality and more anxiety and more depression and more addiction. And and I, I know there's like more energy happening on the planet. I, mean, I don't know what you think about this, but we're entering, that the earth is sort of entering one of the bands of the Milky Way galaxy to where the photonic energy is increasing on the planet, mm -hmm. which is sort of amplifying all of it. The that light and the dark. Because um, it is getting more intense. Everything mm -hmm. is getting more intense. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, um, if you want to talk about our journey as a, a, a people on this planet, you know, we've been given free will, which is a blessing and a curse, right? Because we have the free will to turn toward our truth or to turn away. And a lot of people are just too afraid to take an honest look at themselves and an honest assessment of where they're at. And so they're going to be more and more entrenched. And here's what happens, that you're right, it is a schism right now. And there's, there's a spiritual revolution going on, which is wonderful. There's also the people that are deeply entrenched and looking to stay entrenched. And in order to do that, you've got to blame, you've got to find fault, and you've got to stay in the negative. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's polarizing in that way. And that's painful. But I think as we evolve, there's always going to be growing pains. There's always going to be some pain in the process. Mm -hmm. How do you know when you have found the truth about yourself? Mm. Because, you know, if, if you've been sort of having illusion, delusions of grandeur, then to see the <laughs> truth feels like being critical. Or if you're used to always fixing yourself and always critiquing yourself, then the truth might feel like arrogant puffery. I don't know if well, that's you know, a word, funny. how do you know if you're at the truth? No, that's a great question because, yeah, we have this delusion of self, right? I'm styling, I'm, I'm doing great. How good we right? look. <laughs> Looking good. And then comes the, a layer of reality where we have to look at our fears, our guilt, our anger, our pain, our trauma, our history, our damage, right? And that's not even the ultimate truth. But what would you define as damage? Well, I don't really believe we are damaged. Yeah, because you said to me on one of my first sessions, I sat down and I was telling you all this like sexual trauma and blah, blah, blah. And, and you looked at me and you were like, you're not damaged. Exactly. You're hiding. Exactly. And like that one <laughs> sentence really changed my life. Yeah, because it's true. Because beyond that layer of seeing all of this trauma and damage and so forth, you get to the authentic self. And that authentic self is a friggin' celebration of life, right? She's creative, she's empowered, she's enlivened, she has a mission on this plane, she's in the game in a whole different way. Mm -hmm. And when you get to that version of you, you don't even have to wonder if that's the truth. You're in that. You're the embodiment of that truth, mm -hmm. right? It's a knowing, not a feeling, mm. right? Yeah, my new mission at Ziva is to help people to turn up the dial on their own divinity. Mm. And it feels similar to this. Like the truth is that you're God pretending to be human. And That's when you right. feel that and viscerally remember that, there is no arguing with that. There's no puffing that up or diminishing that. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. We've taken on this plane like, hmm, how much can I torture myself and give myself lessons? <laughs> 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 but, you know, there's a purpose that we're, we're evolving, right? Uh -huh. And I think in order to evolve, you've got to embrace some change, some challenge, some pain. And have you ever seen anyone shift, like, like cross the chasm, if it, as it were, of like from they don't want to heal, they don't want to see the truth, they're happy with the distraction, they're happy with the numbing. Have you seen people shift over into wanting to wake up, wanting to do the work? And what do you think creates that shift? I think... You know, I have the vision to see, even for the people that are so entrenched in that other thing, I have the vision to see the one who's still looking to be released, still looking for that authentic self. You know, some people may have given up on, on some level, like, oh, I'll never be anything, so I, I've got to invent myself and create this. But the reality is, if you look hard enough at everyone, even the most cynical, there is a hope and a possibility there. And, you know, maybe a dull spark, 
but it's in there, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, my work, sitting across someone who's cynical, they make me laugh. You know, it's like, really? So how's this working for you, right? Because mm -hmm. the reality is, no, you want to be that authentic self. You want to be the powerful self that you really are. And for people who are on, quote unquote, the path, you know, they're doing whatever their version of the work is, right. somatic processing, therapy, meditation, medicine work, and they want to inspire the people around them to come into the light. They want to, they just are at the simplest, they just don't want the people around them suffering, right? They want them to, to feel loved and to feel held. Is there anything you could share with folks of, of how they might see that version, like see the highest version of someone else, speak to the version of the person who's in pain. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a filter you can look through where you hold the idea that they're doing the best they can mm. and they're trying to evolve. This is what it looks like right this minute, but they're doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. Because if you look with those eyes, you'll see that, right? Mm. Yeah change the lens through which you are perceiving the person and they will rise to that yeah. lens. And mm -hmm. that's a lot of the work that I do. You know, mm -hmm. I hold the possibility of who somebody can be and then I invite them into that possibility, right? Mm. And so, yeah, so what does a normal session with you look like? How long do people work with you? Like, just give us an idea of what the paradox process looks like in practicality. It looks like a lot of laughing, by the way. <laughs> Great. We don't have to take all this healing stuff so seriously. No, 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 no. <laughs> healing should be joy, right? Mm. So, Here's what it generally looks like. Somebody comes to me with an issue or a problem or someplace that they want to get to, mm -hmm. right? And I'm listening and looking for, okay, so what in you is standing in the way of you getting where you want to go, okay? And so, you know, in a sense, I'm looking for the patterns. I'm looking for the algorithm they're in. I'm looking for the what they're entrenched in, right? And... Often it's people's beliefs. They, they believe they can't or they believe that they're lost or they believe that they're damaged. And so my work is about bringing somebody into a different state, you know, a state of possibility. And so, you know, I'll bang away at an issue. And by the way, I'm relentless. So <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. They think they want to give up after a while. I'm like, mm, no, they don't have a going. chance. <laughs> We're going. You're sitting across from me. We're going. I have more stamina than you. I've been doing this longer right. than you. <laughs> you will submit. <laughs> so I think what's encouraging for them is mm -hmm. that I do see where they can go, mm -hmm. right? I do see the best version of them. I get that they're not there at that point in time, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you're not going to get there. And I know how to get you there. Mm -hmm. And so I give people tools that they can use on their own as well, right? Mm -hmm. I try to make it that every session would be enough if I never saw them again, mm. right? Cool. Yeah. That's a great model. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a good business model, but it's a great model uh, for you healing. Know, <laughs> <laughs> I've often thought of that, like, <laughs> is this really counterintuitive? <laughs> but, but great healers don't want their people to come back, right? Right. It's like, Because the truth mm -hmm. is, you know, I want you enlivened. Mm -hmm. You know, I want a better world. I'm going to do that one person at a time, and I'm going to make you the best you can be, right? Yeah. Yeah, the more people you can send out into the world living their truth, they're just going to speak speak it and and bring more people to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think this would be a fun time to dive in and do do some paradox process with me if you're down. Absolutely. Okay. Happy to do it. Okay. So why don't you tell me what's on your plate? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's two things. I'll name them both, and then we can feel into what feels most relevant either for me or for the collective consciousness of people listening. Sure. So one thing that's coming up is this afternoon, I'm going to actually be interviewed for the podcast and I'm revealing a lot of pretty big and pretty vulnerable truths as I'm launching this new body of work around sacred sexuality. Okay. And so it feels like I can feel the conditioning and the shame and the fear and like the fear of changing, the fear of my identity changing, the fear of people's judgment, the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of not being like trained enough and all of that. And just like the vulnerability of creating something new and not knowing if people will like it and not only not like it, but then like shame me for it or take their own pain out on me. Mm. So that's one thing. And the other thing that came up last night in couples therapy, I was doing some um, IFS or, or parts work, internal family systems or parts work. 
And so we were speaking to like different parts of ourselves and I'm in a romantic relationship right now. And we sometimes get into a, a, a finger trap where I'm like, I'm waiting for him to step all the way up before I lean all the way in. Mm. It's like, once you step up, then I'll lean in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you, mm. And the relationship is amazing and he's amazing. And this is the thing that we find ourselves in. And so what we, what I discovered last night is that there's a, a part of Emily, she's about five and she really wants the protector provider. She wants to be protected and provided by the masculine. Mm. And she does not believe that that is possible. So she desperately wants it. And she also doesn't have a model for it. And so she doesn't think it's true. So she's just fucking pissed, which I'm sure is a delight to date. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and God bless him. I mean, God bless Adam. There's patience and That's love. That's very funny. Um, and so I feel like almost everyone can relate with like changing something in their life and, and revealing something new and vulnerable. And, and this is perhaps a bit more specific, but I'll say like people who want to be held by the masculine or felt provided for and protected for by the masculine and, and don't know if it's possible. Yeah, you know, those are two very rich issues. Mm -hmm. um, I sense more emotional charge in the first one. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that'd be powerful. Yeah, I think so because I did the session last night and we did kind of talk through it so it feels a little more yeah. integrated. Yeah, it or feels like you're in a fairly good place. Yeah. You're not where you want to be yet, but you're in negotiation, which is great. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's put that aside for a minute. Let's work on the, the first one, because I okay. think that has a lot. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's all about your identity and your vulnerability and your ability to move forward. And my income and my mission. Like it, it, it has the ability the whole to nine yards. Yeah. 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 So for everyone watching, let me explain what we're going to do. We're going to create a scale of zero to ten. And the zero is going to be where we want to get you to emotionally. And I'm going to describe that zero. And then we're going to determine how far from that zero you would be, okay. right? So the zero I want to get you to is being absolutely fearless and confident, trusting this move, trusting the world, trusting yourself, trusting the outcomes in a way that you feel empowered, you feel enlivened, and you feel fearless and even excited to bring this forth. Mm -hmm. Is that about where you want to be? Mm -hmm. Okay, so if mm -hmm. that's zero, mm -hmm. 10 is as far away from that as you could be, where do you think you'd fall on that scale? Six. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to start firing questions and statements about the issue. Some of them will be true, some of them won't be, but they all have an emotional charge. You're going to answer with a two-word phrase. You're going to say, feeling clear, after each one. Feeling clear starts that meditation that we talked about. The accept the unacceptable. The accept one. the unacceptable meditation. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be doing a lot of accepting. May not sound like that, but <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Okay. Okay. And should people follow along as they're listening? People should pick an issue mm -hmm. that is similar to this. Okay. Like or that resonates. Something with new, something vulnerable, a change. Yeah. Or coming out into a different version of yourself, or even stepping into a new relationship. Whatever the challenge is for them, they should do this work along with them. So they, they'll say feeling clear along with you, Okay. right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to clear their issues as well. Mm -hmm. You're going to do a lot of work all at once here. Yeah. You're going to kick everybody's ass. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> okay. Is it important for me to know that I'm stronger than I ever thought? feeling clear. Can I see that there's a part of me that's totally arrogant and believes that, and another part of me that totally doesn't? Feeling clear. Can I recognize that I've lived my life in many ways having to fight the world? Feeling clear. What if I knew that this isn't about fighting the world, it's about inviting the world? Feeling clear. Can I allow myself to trust that I will be accepted, I will be embraced, and I will be empowered? Feeling clear. Why am I scared to death it's going to go wrong somehow. Feeling clear. Aren't I terrified of that inner saboteur? Feeling clear. Isn't there that little mischief maker inside me that just wants to screw everything up? Feeling clear. <laughs> Isn't it infuriating to me that that still lurks somewhere in me? Feeling clear. What if the truth is that's an illusion? Feeling clear. What if the reality is I've grown to the point where I'm ready to share for the world? Feeling clear. Isn't it important for me to trust my intentions? Feeling clear. Can I see that my intentions are not fame, money, success? That's not what it's about. Feeling clear. Can I see that I'm at the point in my life where it's about impact in the world? Feeling clear. Can I recognize that 
in spite of what I think of me, I have noble intentions. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling clear. Can I trust and know that I've grown to the point where I can do this? Feeling clear. Why am I afraid that I'll show too much? Feeling clear. Why am I afraid that I'll show too little? Feeling clear. Why am I afraid of what my vulnerability will look like? Feeling clear. Will I look like a fool? Feeling clear. Will I look like I'm putting it on? Feeling clear. What if the reality is I'm going to look like me? Feeling clear. Can I recognize that people like me? <laughs> Feeling clear. <laughs> Can I trust that I actually like me? Feeling clear. Can I recognize that it's been a long journey, but I've found a me that I actually like. Feeling clear. Can I see that like everybody else, I've had that struggle, I've had that inner dialogue that tears me apart, but I'm mostly done with it. Feeling clear. Isn't it important for me to put it aside and embrace my success? Feeling clear. Can I recognize that this is my destiny, this is where I'm supposed to go? Feeling clear. Can I see that I'd like to tell myself I could not do it if I don't want? <laughs> Feeling clear. <laughs> what if I knew beyond a doubt that my destiny has taken me where I'm supposed to go? Feeling clear. Is it important for you to know I have no choice? Feeling clear. Can I see that I have no choice except to enjoy the ride? Feeling clear. What if I can love it and have a ball with it? Feeling clear. What if I can be absolutely fearless of it? Feeling clear. Can I recognize that this is not about arrogance? It's about confidence. Feeling clear. Can I see that I'm opening up to a new possibility? Feeling clear. Can I see that I have a message and that the message wants to get out? Feeling clear. Can I see that I'm not always the willing messenger? Feeling clear. Can I recognize I'm still the messenger? Feeling clear. <laughs> Can I see that sometimes I'm the humble messenger, sometimes I'm the wild messenger? Feeling clear. <laughs> Can I trust that in any case this is my destiny? Feeling clear. Can I recognize that it's okay that this is my destiny? Feeling clear. Why do I think there's so many more qualified people than me? Feeling clear. What if there's a word for that and it's called bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> Feeling clear. <laughs> Isn't it time for me to let go of that bullshit? Feeling clear. Can I see there's a lot of overqualified assholes out there. Feeling clear. Can I see that there's a lot of people entrenched in their bodies of knowledge but have no authenticity whatsoever? Feeling clear. Can I see that I have one thing they don't have? Feeling clear. Can I see that I have authenticity? Feeling clear. Can I see that I have sincerity? Feeling clear. Can I see that I have whatever truth I know that I'm willing to share? Feeling clear. Can I trust and know that I'm going to do that? Feeling clear. Okay, that's the first round. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, let me just let me just let that settle in. Take that in. Yeah. yeah, that was big. That was fun. What's the difference between confidence and arrogance? Arrogance is false confidence. Arrogance is a lack of confidence where you're putting it on mm -hmm. in order to try and compensate. Yeah, arrogance, like false confidence. Yeah. Arrogance is false. There's two confidence. lawyers in the courtroom. One is shouting and yelling and you know saying he's going to win, and the other is quietly watching. Arrogance, confidence. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So it started out as a six. Mm -hmm. Where do you think it would be now? Two. Okay. So you're going to do feeling clear again. Mm -hmm. And you guys at home, you're going to do feeling clear as well. And I want you to check on where you're at with mm -hmm. that issue as well. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because even though some of the text is different, the intention is not. And so this is getting in as well. Mm -hmm. Ready? Ready for more? Yeah. Is it important for me to know that I don't want to do this? <laughs> oh, feeling clear. Can I see that there's a real part of me that doesn't want any part of this? Feeling clear. Can I see that the other part of me is dragging me to do it? Feeling clear. Can I see that I'm a willing soldier? I'm ready. I'll do the good job. Feeling clear. What if I can get on the same page with me? Feeling clear. What if I can coax that little kid into enjoying it? Feeling clear. What if I can trust that she actually does? Feeling clear. Can I see that she loves being celebrated and celebrating with people? Feeling clear. What if she knows that that's what this is going to be? Feeling clear. What if she knows that this is going to be a party? Feeling clear. What if she knows that I'm never going to have to do anything I don't want to do? Feeling clear. Can I let her have that experience? Feeling clear. Can I let her connect? with who she really is. Feeling clear. Aren't I more and more connecting with that inner child and letting her have her way? Feeling clear. What if her way is my way? Feeling clear. What if we're really coming together in a way that our purpose is now the same? Feeling clear. Can I trust and know that I'm going to have a ball today? Feeling clear. Can I trust and know 
but I'm just going to be myself. Feeling clear. Can I see that all I can do is my best and that's all I'm going to do? Feeling clear. Can I recognize that it's all I have to do? Feeling clear. Can I trust that it's an easy mission, really? Feeling clear. Can I just let myself <laughs> go? Feeling clear. Can I let myself trust that it's all there? Feeling clear. What if I knew that it's already accomplished, it's already happened, and it was already wonderful? Feeling clear. Can't I live in that space? Feeling clear. Don't I know that's true? Feeling clear. Is it okay to know that's true? Feeling clear. Is it okay to own that? Feeling Can clear. I get rid of any superstitious belief to the contrary? Feeling clear. Can I trust and know that we're going to have a ball? Feeling clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a zero. Okay. Yeah, feels good. I felt like little Emily and me were merging. Like even that little five-year-old that doesn't believe she can be provided for or protected for, like there's there's a version of her too that is like just the childlike authentic version of me. And it felt like they were they were merging. Yeah. And it feels like I can get into the frequency of it already being done and it being fun. Like it's ha it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Nature has been using me as an instrument. It's been so obvious. So I can either enjoy this or not. Right. <laughs> it's true. You're going one way or the other. So, you know, you might as well enjoy the ride. But here's what I want to ask you, because this is something I ask people after we do the work. Uh -huh. What do you know now or see now that you didn't see before? Like I could see the interview today and it was feeling heavy and daunting before and I was feeling unprepared and like I didn't, like I hadn't done enough work. Right. And now it feels like I could see myself dancing. I could see myself being a channel. I could see nature speaking through me. And I was like, there's nothing to prepare. It's just, I'm just going to be myself and tell the truth and tell fun stories. And that's all, that's all I have to do. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So that's clarity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And clarity shows up in a matter of fact kind of way. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh, okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Right? yeah this, this feels important to drill in on because I think some people, when you hear the word insight or when you hear the word, like, you know, the truth, you feel like it's going to be like angels coming down and be like, oh, here's the truth. <laughs> and it's really just like, oh, yeah, duh. Right. And, and so can you just speak a little bit to that? Like, how do people know? Yeah, that's funny. Because you're right, you know, people think they're going to be hit on the head with Newton's apple and be like, oh, mm -hmm. I know the answers to the universe. No, it's horse sense. It's common sense. You'll arrive at a place, you know, I've often called myself master of the obvious, right? Mm. Because the truth is obvious, right? You know, you've arrived at a truth here like, I'm going to be myself. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. That's, that's insight, right? And you know, it doesn't announce itself with thunder and lightning. It, it shows up like, oh, a realization, yeah, an effortless realization, one that doesn't need explanation, but becomes obvious. Yeah. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to campaign for it. It just is right. it's like this deep knowing in your cells. Yeah. Uh -huh. And knowing is the key. You know, when you arrive at a knowing, nobody has to explain anything. It's like, oh, got it. Mm -hmm. I want to just say thank you for sharing that with me. Sure. I feel like the, today and also this launch is going to be so much better now because of this. So truly thank you. And thank you for your lifetime of work and your mastery for being able to do what you just did in just a few minutes. It was about like seven minutes. Mm. And that would have taken another therapist or another style of therapy, like literally <laughs> like five, ten sessions right. to like identify the thing, to figure out what the issue was, where do you want to go, what's keeping you from it, now let's clear that thing. You're talking hours and hours of time and hundreds hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, if not thousands of dollars. And so I just really want to like advocate for you and advocate for this work because so many people I think don't start therapy because they don't either. I mean, mostly it's probably that they're scared to feel their feelings, but then the excuses that they use is how long it will take or how expensive it will be. Or they maybe just don't believe that they will get the results. Because I think that if people really knew the results that would happen from doing this work, they'd be lining up at the door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely true that I was a traditional therapist for a while, and it was all about story, 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 entrenched in the past, trying to work through all of that. This is a breakthrough technique. You know, in a way, it's anti-therapy hmm. because, yeah, you you understand the story, but you understand it from resolution. You understand it from being clear, from seeing objectively. And, you know, my mission, you know, I, 
I challenge myself, like how fast can I get somebody to where they want to go, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Which you're right, it's probably not a good business model. But <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you have a good referral friend program. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's what we got to do. Um, but that's the joy, you know, it, it's joy for me to mm-hmm. bring somebody to their own self, to their mm-hmm. actualization, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I get a kick out of. Mm-hmm. People often ask, is this work boring for you? And I could never conceive of it being boring in a million years, right? That's impressive because I think about you a lot. Like I started working with you 20 years ago when I was 24 years old. Right. And you've been seeing patients one-on-one, day in and day out this whole time. I've had like eight careers. You know, I'm just, I'm just like <laughs> a, always changing like this show, that show, let's try this. Let's do an online thing. Right, right, right. And I'm just so impressed that you find the newness, that you find the intricacy and like the nuance in each human. But it, it's good to know that like – that the, the game you're playing is like how much transformation can I create and how quickly? <laughs> yeah, that's that's my game, yeah. right? That's, that's my game with myself. Uh-huh. It's really fun. So let's nerd out on manifesting. Like ah. I want to go deep. Like okay. I want to talk science. I want to talk brain waves. I want to talk time, space, continuums. Like really anywhere you want to go. I'll, I'll share if I had to feel into – the consciousness of most people listening have been listening either to the podcast or have done Ziva, like what, what I assume they're fluent in with manifesting mm. or the lens through which they might be perceiving it so far. I'll give you a microcosm into that so we can see how far we can go, how quickly. Right. Because <laughs> um, really it's like that's all we're ever doing, right, is manifesting our reality. Yes. And for me when I say my new mission is having people turn up the dial of their own divinity – it's like you becoming more godlike. It's you becoming more creative and more powerful, recognizing how much power and creative potential you already have inside of you. Yeah. And so for me, the way I teach manifesting inside of Ziva is that we go into meditation, we access the unmanifest, sort of that space between. The, the individuality reminds that it is totality. The wave remembers that it's ocean. And with that dopamine and serotonin, you're getting the body and brain to feel good. And then from that place, at the end of the meditation, I have people ask the question, what would I love? What would I love right now? And the love puts them in possibility. The right now puts them in present moment awareness. The fact that they're doing it where the right and left hemispheres are dancing with each other is um, a fertile ground, a fertile time to plant the seeds of desire. And then I have them, usually I will have them jump into the dream present tense, like as if the dream is happening Mm -hmm. now. As of late, I've been experimenting with past tense that it's, it's just happened. Mm. The dream has just happened and they're still safe. Right? It's just happened and it's like no big deal. It's just matter of fact. Yeah, won the Super Bowl. Yep, got that Oscar award. Yep, on my mantle and what's for breakfast? Um, and, and I think now with the sacred sexuality work, the frame is basically utilizing the most powerful cocktail of internal bliss chemicals and love chemicals that we have and creating this state of peak pleasure in the body and at the moment of climax, sending that to the dream. Um, So I am not a scientist. I am not a therapist. I am not a doctor. And so I'd love to Thank God, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to hear from your POV, like what, what is manifesting and why does it work? Yeah, here's the deal. And and I do want to talk about sexual energy after I say this. But what's interesting to me is that we're always manifesting, okay? You know, you talk about us being godlike. You know, when I was a kid, the catechism said, you were made in the image and likeness of God, which I was like, that's nice. But what I've taken from that is, oh, that is absolutely true. We are the creators We are creators, and we are constantly creating. What we don't realize is that we're constantly creating, whether we know it or not. And so people create in through the filters of their feelings and emotions, and they create chaos, right? We have what we call the hierarchy of behavior, okay? So I'll explain this as briefly as I can. We have these core beliefs about ourselves that we're programmed into. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I don't belong. Nobody loves me, blah, 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 right? Those beliefs interface with reality and create feelings and emotions. The mind notices those feelings and emotions and creates a narrative about ourselves. This is who I am. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. And so from that narrative, we start 
making choices in life and taking action in life. If I'm not enough, I can't step up to my dream. I can't go after the person that I love. I can't do this. I can't do that. And so we create through that algorithm, right? And so when so you... So the belief creates the actions? Creates the feelings. Okay, the belief which creates create the Which create the feeling. narrative. Uh-huh which creates the choices, which creates the actions in the world. Okay. This is how we manifest reality, right? And we're always, always doing it. Mm -hmm. And when you realize that, you're like, oh, my God, I got to get a grip on this, right? What the hell am I creating, right? Look around. Because there's chaos over here and there's trouble over there and there's conflict over there. And guess what? You know, the good news and the bad news, you're doing it, right? But when you recognize that, you realize I have a lot of power. And if I can direct this power in the ways that I want, I'm going to get anything I want. I'm going to get everything I want. And so how do you do that? You go after those beliefs. You know, through the paradox process, I will work with somebody to clear those core beliefs so that they're the nonsense that they really are, mm. right? It's like, of course you're good enough, okay? You, you're the stuff of stars. You're good enough, right? You're the best. Um, get rid of the narrative. Get rid of the story. Get rid of the actions and choices. Make different choices. So we work a lot on changing people's internal dialogue, right? Because how you talk to yourself is how you're going to create in the world, right? And if you tap into some people's internal narrative, it's horrifying, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people finally start meditating is because they think it's going to shut up their brain. They think they're going to yeah. be able to clear their <laughs> mind. Little do they know, you just close and down everything else. You can actually hear what's going on. That's right. But then good news, everybody, you change the bliss chemistry in your brain and then the internal dialogue changes. That's true. And like this is the work that you're doing is that you're actually giving people the way to find the knobs and levers to one, hear what's going on in the right. internal dialogue and then move it in a direction that would be what you would choose. Yeah. And so when you, and you know, you can create a different set of beliefs, okay, based on your authentic self, not based on that inauthentic nonsense story that you grew up in. Mm -hmm. You know, the story you're living in is the story that a four-year-old has created based on the treatment that they've gotten, right? Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm evil. I'm wrong. Nonsense. It's all nonsense. And so when you get back to your authentic self, you start creating it a different way, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you talked about the quantum field, right? Here's what's interesting to me, that every time you conceive of a possibility, you're creating that possibility, right? Every time you conceive of a possibility, you are creating it. You're creating it. So watch. Here's what's interesting about manifesting. So that if you deliberately start creating possibility and invest in that possibility, you're literally putting weight on it and bringing it down to this plane. Ooh, that putting our human attention on a 5D idea, you're putting like matter and mass on it that brings it down into the earth. I've never heard it spoken about yeah. like that. That's cool. Yeah, thoughts are things. Thoughts have a specific weight. You are weighting that reality into this one. Right, because it's infinite possibilities. We can't all, there's no. There's not enough time to bring them all down. So we're right. choosing which reality we want to weight, like putting like uh, like weights on a hot air balloon or exactly. something. Exactly, exactly. Cool. And when you get everything else out of the way, when you get the beliefs out of the way and the feelings out of the way and the story out of the way and you weight that reality, create your intention, live that internal dialogue, you're going to make things happen. You're absolutely going to make them happen. Right. So we have, you know, we're these fucking sleeping giants. Right. And my job is to wake up the giant like, come on, yeah. let's play. Yeah. Let's make what you want to see happen, happen. You know, I can't tell you maybe a million times people have said to me, that's impossible. And I'm like, OK, Watch. <laughs> let's Watch. do it. <laughs> <laughs> OK, because I've nothing is impossible. I have some impossible dreams for you. <laughs> but first, I want to hear you talk about sexual energy. Yes. You know, when I was a kid, I read a book called Think and Grow Rich, right? I loved it. How it, old were you when you read it? Oh, I was 14. Wow. And so the chapter on the transmutation of sexual energy. But was, that one got taken out, right? They just put it, it back did. in? Later on, it got taken out. Okay. And, but it was titling. I, I won't tell you how old I am because it was still in there at the time. But okay. <laughs> nevertheless... 
So just to be clear, so Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, there was originally a chapter on transmuting sexual energy for manifesting. Yes. And then it was taken out, it was removed for like more than 20 years. And then they've recently put it back in. So, okay, so please continue. Thank God they put it back in. I need but, to read it. I but read I was it. so fascinated by this, right? I was mm -hmm. fascinated by the idea that, oh, you should actually try to accrue sexual energy. You should cultivate sexual energy. And I started thinking, well, how do you do that, right? And so I thought, well, certainly one way is to flirt with the world, mm, right? Yeah. And it's such a wonderful energy. When you feel that flirting energy, you're like, wow, this is great, right? But energy is energy. And, you know, depending on the chakra that you're putting it in, it's going to change as you go. You know, if you put it in the second chakra, if you put it in the first chakra, you're going to feel safe in the world. You put it in the second chakra, it's going to be sexual energy. You put it in the third chakra, it's going to be power in the world. Put it in the fourth chakra, you're going to open your heart. Mm. You put it in the fifth chakra, you're going to have your voice, know who you are. Put it in the sixth chakra, you're going to have the vision that you need in order to create that life you want. Put it in the seventh chakra, you're going to connect with the universal, right? So sexual energy is the most available energy in order to fuel every one of those things, mm. right? I'm about to do a retreat next Tuesday, and I... I I don't know why I've never even thought of this, but it just feels so fun to do. So I'm, I'm calling it pleasure prayer. We're basically mm -hmm. just using your pleasure to pray. Yeah. And I've wanted to keep it really simple. So I'm just using head, heart, and hoo-ha, where you're just like bringing that energy around okay. your hoo-ha and then up to your heart and then yeah, up to yeah. your head. But the way that you just said it, of like bringing that sexual energy through each of the chakras, not even to manifest a certain thing or outcome, but rather to activate something inside of you feels like a really fun thing to play oh, with. Oh yeah, you light yeah. the lights in those rooms, right? Yeah. And then you're lit. Yeah, right? great. And then try and not manifest something that you're putting really? your attention on. <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna make it all happen. So, you know, I would caution people, yes, manifest, but be clear about your intentions. Be clear and specific about what it is that you wanna create. And then it's just a matter of getting all the noise and nonsense out of the way, right? This mm -hmm. is what the paradox process does. You know, people think, oh, I come to the paradox process in order to heal. Well, that's partially true. That's step one, okay? Yeah, heal your heartache, get whole again. But really what it's about is how about creating the life that you want? Mm -hmm. How about making everything happen that you want to make happen? Mm -hmm. That's my real mission. Yeah, because your desires are divinely inspired. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. How could they be otherwise? So what do you say to people that think that manifesting is arrogant or that they feel like it's selfish or there's so many people suffering in the world? Why would I manifest my dream home? Because I think they're not acknowledging the science of it. I think they're not seeing that we're already always manifesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's misery in the world because we're manifesting misery. You know, manifest joy in the world then. Mm -hmm. You know, it isn't arrogance. It's taking your power back. Mm -hmm. Okay. The thing that people walk around in the world feeling is powerless, helpless, at the mercy of, right? And the reality is you're not powerless. You're incredibly powerful. And one of the ways to see and experience that power is through manifesting. Mm. And it's an affirmation of the self. It's an affirmation of your power. Wait, this feels big. You, What I just heard you say is that manifesting can be an affirmation of your own divinity. That you're not using your divinity to manifest. You're using the manifestation to remind yourself of just how godlike you are. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Wow. Wow. You're so amazing. I'm so grateful for you. Is there anything else that you think people should know or understand? Oh, I, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why isn't everyone processing their emotions? Why aren't we doing this work? Yeah. You know, that's always puzzled me. I, I swear, it really has. You know, when we first discovered this process, I was like, oh my God, I've got to hide because everybody's going to be rushing at me to, you know, this is, this is the closest thing to magic you can ever find. And I thought, they're going to be beating our door down. And I was like, mm, no one's beating the door down. What the, did they not the, get the message, right? <laughs> we used to go to conferences and conventions and, and put this out there in the world and people would be like, hmm. And I thought, wow, there's something hidden about this or something threatening about people being in their power. 
mm. about people embracing it, right? So, you know, now it's a different story. Now, now people are really embracing it, and that's wonderful. But I think we were ahead of our time mm -hmm. because we were talking like this 40 years ago, <laughs> right? And people were like, okay. Hippie weirdos. So you've got tinfoil on your head, and you're, you know. And, you, you know, I've, I've lived my life trying to make this process reasonable and practical and accessible mm -hmm. because we were always told you're way too far to the left. <laughs> mm -hmm. What if you just go like full out? Like I want to go like witchy wizard. Like do you ever do that work of just taking like the initiated and just going? I do. You know, everybody sits across you and powers you in a different way, right? Uh -huh. And some people are open for that and it's like, okay, Let's watch go. this. Okay. Watch this, right? Because <laughs> I think it's time. Like, I think, I mean, even 13 years, I mean, I've not been doing this as long, but 13 years ago when I started talking about meditation, I had to frame it in like, hey, this thing is going to make you more money and have better sex. Mm. So, And and Regina Tomashar, my roommate, she's known as Mama Gina. She's been teaching women how to tap into their own turn on and pleasure for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And like you can imagine saying the word pussy 30 years ago and empowering women to find and use and radiate power from their pussies 30 years ago, like the right. amount of opposition that she got. Mm -hmm. And so as I've been going into this work, she's been warning me like, Emily, you're going to get your heart broken. Emily, you need to get prepared. You need like she's been like because she loves me trying to fortress right. me and buttress me. But I have experienced zero headwind. Like, like, just like everyone is like, more please, more please, more please. And I think that the, it's just a different world. That's very funny. We took the hits for you. you yes, know? that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I am like basically saying thank you for blazing the trail. <laughs> and, that, and that the headwind is, is changed. I won't say it's gone, but it's changed. And I and love so that. I just, and, and, and I'm just saying that like I can feel the enthusiasm and excitement for the people that like want to go down the rabbit hole. And I know that you can take them. Oh, and yeah. so I'm just saying like, <laughs> yes, please, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. But you can understand a little bit of caution. Of course. Having heard for, you know, Decades. 40 or 50 years that, oh, you, this is nonsense. This is bullshit. This is, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I thought my third book should really be called Miracles in the Dark because I make miracles for people, but it's on the QT, right? <laughs> <laughs> or I guess you help make those people make miracles for themselves, like right, like you right. are the, the. Oh no, I'm a facilitator. Yeah, of beyond course. a doubt, you know, yeah. I'm not the you know miracle maker, but. So, so if people want to make some miracles, people want to work with you. Where do they go? Where should they come find you? Well, probably the most accessible place is go to the website paradoxprocess.org. Okay, and I think. I think there's paradoxprocess.org slash Ziva, and they'll get a taste of this process. They'll get a free gift, something that moves them forward into work. Cool. And that's so going to be paradoxprocess.org slash Ziva. Right. Okay, beautiful. I also, you know this, I do a class every Monday night. I used to go I for seven years. I, I used know. to go. I know. So good. I love seeing your smiling face. <laughs> so we do that, and we work on different topics, right? Uh -huh. And, you know, what are we working on now? What is the topic we're working on now? Is there a topic like per month or? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I take a topic. Uh, we're working on manifesting your dreams. hey -o. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, of course, I forgot that. But yeah, <laughs> that's the current workshop, right? Okay. And that's a lot of fun because we explore it. We process it. We clarify your dreams. We get you to see what do you want? Where are you going? What's in the way? Mm -hmm. Right. And people come in person or online or both? Generally, they come online. Okay. And so, again, you can go to the website and, and sign up for that. Okay. We give a free Thursday class because I think this work should be accessible for anyone who wants to do it. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So we do a Thursday class. We do a Friday morning class where we just do the accept the unacceptable part mm -hmm. so that we get people to master that. And that's also free. And are you still training Paradox Process facilitators? We are. Okay. We are. And that's... That's really my most fun lately, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're so smart. They're smarter than me, right? And are you doing it every year or how often do you do that? Yeah, we've generally done a course a year, but we're probably doing two courses this year. Cool. Because it, the demand is starting to pick up and I'm delighted to teach people, right? Right. Because everybody's going to bring their, their magic, their nuance, their power to it, mm -hmm. right? Cool. So it's a lot of fun. Great. Well, anything else you want people to know before we wrap? Yeah, I want people to know that 
you can get out of the state of mind you're in and get into a resourceful state of mind that whatever you think is weighing you down or stopping you or has broken you or damaged you, that's not true. Mm. And whether you do this work or you do other work, step up, do the work, because I promise you there's a version of you that you're going to love. Yes, a version of you that you are going to love and that is lovable. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Thank you so much for your lifetime of work. Thank you for all of the ways that you have allowed me to feel and process my emotions and to create my reality. I'm so grateful for like who I am largely in, in response to the work that we did at such a beautiful early stage in my life. So thank you. It's been an honor. Yeah. All right, sweet friends, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation and this work as much as I have. Um, so if you want to check out more of Thomas's work, you can go to paradoxprocess.org slash Ziva. And if you would like to experience some mini masterclasses from myself and some of our experts, you can go to zivameditation.com slash why this. And if there are people in your life who are suffering, who are feeling stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, who are manifesting a reality that they do not enjoy, please, for the love of all things holy, share this episode with them. If you want to give us a five-star rating and subscribe, that'd be awesome. And you can share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Ziva Meditation. And do you have Instagram? Yes. Um, Paradox Process. Okay, great. So at Ziva Meditation and at Paradox Process. All right. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I will see you next week. Sweet friends, there is a question that I have been asking myself for about three years now. What if there is a more beautiful, a more aligned, a more true story of our existence than the one we've been taught? And the deeper I've dived into these questions, the more stunning answers I've found. Now, did you know that for centuries, there's been an active and sometimes violent campaign to make us forget our true power and divinity? But the good news is that there is a great remembrance happening right now. So if you are feeling curious, excited, or maybe even a little nervous about what may be unveiled about who we are and why we're here, I'm going to invite you to bravely go to zivameditation.com slash secret and get ready to turn up the dial on your own divinity. 